This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Please be aware, whilst recording this episode, the tragic news of the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II broke. The Stacey West team would like to go on record as thanking her for her unswerving service to the country. May she rest in peace. Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Gary and I am joined this week, as you've probably guessed, not by Ben, otherwise it would be him you'd be hearing now. Um, I'm joined once again by the um, tactical master that is Chris Lamming. Um, <laughs> whose Sunday league team this weekend, uh, they started the season unbeaten and because Chris had a cunning tactic of arranging a game against a team that had folded. Um, so I'm taking no responsibility for this. They just didn't turn <laughs> up. I'm not having that. I'm not like, letting that go out to the to the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> but but we do folded. have three points. We have, we have three points on the table very briefly um, yeah. until the club didn't exist anymore, which hasn't actually been confirmed yet, but we're assuming that's what's happened. Hello, everyone, by the way. <laughs> so we welcome Chris back after last weekend. Um, I've had a, a chat with some of the Stacey West boys and going forward, we've decided to bring Chris on as the fourth wheel, um, which is quite ironic, really, given that he's also the fourth usher at my wedding. Uh, so it's quite uh, he's, he's basically the fourth man. Um, so with Jake doing, uh, Jake obviously does his West End Imp show. He does the previews. Uh, he will keep featuring on here as and when. Um, Ben's uh, just taking a, a short break from the podcast at the moment, but we'll be back as well. Um, and it seemed that some people quite liked Chris, um, probably more than they liked me and Ben. So uh, Chris is back for another week. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me again. But they might not like him after we've analysed the Cambridge game because, yeah, um, yeah. It, it was a miserable Saturday afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't very enjoyable. Um I've had the pleasure of watching it back again as well, and it was it wasn't any better the second time round. Um, I think I tried to be a little bit more positive in our preview last week about the game, and felt I think we both felt we had the potential to win the game. Um, I think I favoured more a, a draw, and you were, you went for a narrow win, and we were pretty poor really overall. It wasn't what we expected. No, I mean starting early doors, um, <clears throat> ninth ninth minute. Ted Bishop could have put us one that up. He's yeah, that, those early of... exchanges were positive. We started the game really yeah. well. We, we, we pressed really well. We had a high intensity. Those kind of trademarks, I suppose, that we've kind of had under Mark Kennedy, really, which is a which is probably the biggest contrast to last season is that our, that intensity in our in our press, and it was good. And then it stopped. Yeah, and like you, you tend to think maybe if Ted scores and you go one nil up and you're away from home, we might have had an Oxford situation on our hands yeah, where. That's it. Um, you know, the, because I, the, there wasn't very much, in my opinion, between both sides, and that's no. throughout the game. The, the Cambridge won't finish in the top half of the table. That's not a slur on Cambridge, um, but they won't. And and there was there was probably the opening goal was crucial. You don't know it at the time, but I think the opening goal was crucial because I think if we scored it, we we maybe keep our shape and we keep our heads a little bit better. Um, but we didn't score it. Uh, they did, and and like you said, we we then just stopped doing the things that 
that we should have been doing. And, and mm. look, don't get me wrong. I think if we'd been doing the things that we should have been doing, the, the, the pressing and keeping our shape, I still think there was fundamental problems with that particular setup. Um, but you know, I, I, I've watched the goals back literally before we've come on air. And mm-hmm. they've just had me in my head in my hands yet again. Yeah, it probably doesn't make for good kind of listening and if we're going to agree with each, with each other all the time. But I 100% agree with everything <laughs> you said. Uh, it's we, we were good until they scored. <coughs> Both goals were really poor goals to concede. Um, their, 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 their first goal, of course, came from their left back being allowed to travel far far too much with the ball. Um, I'm not entirely sure, like in our system, whose role it actually is. But you'd like to think it was it was certainly one of. Um, Diamond or House and neither of them tracked him um, TJ was then forced to go and press uh, when when they he kind of came into his area and we were just all over the place it was it was really it was a really soft goal um, and as much as those type of things are really disappointing soft goals happen there are mistakes made people lose their men it's football it's human beings it's how you react to it which is which is really important and I feel we may have just got a small a small problem. So when it really does worry me a little bit, we seem to not deal with goals well. Both both ways, when we score and when we concede, I feel like it's almost like, it's almost like emotional naivety a little bit. Um, we just seem to just switch off or just make different decisions and, and, and make more mistakes. So when, even when we score, this happened, um, I can't remember who it was against now, um, might have been Fleetwood potentially last week. Um but we stopped. We stopped doing what got us two nil two nil up, and we've done that a few times this season. Um, yeah, it's it's a worrying trait. It's, I don't want to be too negative because I'm generally trying to be a little bit glass half full, but it's worrying that we we do seem to to react quite negatively to goals. Full stop. And goals do change games, and of course, it it, it does change your emotions and your and how you feel in your decisions, yeah. but. You've, I mean, got to keep, you've got to you've got to keep doing what you're doing on the training ground, and I imagine Mark Kennedy would be pulling his hair out at that because he, he can't control that. He can't control that on the pitch. No, he can't. But you picked up on an important point at the at the top end of that. You said that one of House or Diamond should be tracking back. Ben House is um, probably he's got all the the attributes to be a central midfielder, but we mm-hmm. were playing with a essentially a, a striker in centre midfield, a central midfielder out on one of the wings in Ted Bishop. Yeah. And I just, I just felt that that contributed to us losing our shape very quickly. I, I, I agree. I, I, one thing we mentioned last week was how um, Cambridge's four-two-three-one shape and our four-three-three shape meant that that midfield three match up yeah. man for man. Um, so again, I'm not the manager, and I don't ever pretend to know as much as Mr. Kennedy does. Um, but it felt strange for us to not to go what with what I think not just you and I, but probably most fans would perceive to be our strongest central midfield um, kind of combination in there. Um, you'd think if that's where the game was likely to be won and lost, because just because of the the, the styles of the teams and the, and the formations, it seems strange to go with the selection that we did. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think when we're looking at the goal as well, and this agreeing thing's weird, you're going to have to mm. say something stupid in a minute. Um, uh, but, oh, it'll, <laughs> not ha- it'll happen. <laughs> not, not stupid. I don't mean that Ben says stupid things, things that's easy to disagree with. Um, but yes. I think it was really easy. Something it was easy to do was to look at their goal and go, that's TJ's fault. And whilst TJ was culpable for the goal in part, like you say, he's had to press. He's then got done. I mean, pace-wise, I don't know where it's gone, but he was just left. Mm. Yeah, their their uh, left back or left winger was kind of got right down to the byline and, and was able to just do what he wanted. Yeah, he had all the time yeah. in the world. Similar, really, to how we actually attacked them last year. We mm-hmm. we had their fullback on toast last year and had that sort of space. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I think TJ didn't have a great game overall, no, but I don't sure. I don't think it's yeah I don't I just don't think it was fair to blame him solely for the first goal. No. Like that forty five minutes was 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 certainly below par. Definitely deserved to get hold off at half time, and there's no surprise if he looked a lot more solid in the second half with Paul there, and Walsh. I'm sure we'll come on to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was that, that that lack of kind of structure and knowing whose job it was to press the left back, which is that should be a simple decision. That's, you should yeah. know what to do in that situation, really. Which forced could, TJ to have to go and close him down and left his man. Could that back. be? Could that be a symptom of the fact that Jack Diamond had only had, let's say, signed on the the Monday or whatever, is in the team on the Tuesday, they're off on the Wednesday. Thursday, Friday is training and then he's playing on the Saturday. And that's yeah. not a criticism of anybody or anything, but it could be you've got that. You've then got Max Sanders out, who actually you talk about as showing a lack of um, 
uh, like know-how after we've conceded or after we've scored. But mm-hmm. you go to the Oxford game uh, and and we conceded and we were we were excellent out of possession. Yep. Yeah, we were. So it, I, I think there's a degree of looking at the personnel and thinking actually it was it's I'm not going to say square pegs in round holes because Ben House can play midfield and Ted Bishop can play on the wing. But I think you can only have one player playing out of position if you've got two or three, and then you've got a player out of form like TJ. Suddenly, you've taken three or four components out of a side, mm-hmm. and I think that shows. And then when you look at the second goal, I mean, I've frozen it as the move progresses into the final third, and there is no shape. There is no yeah, shape. I've, I've, no I've written it. I've written it down here. So we've um, knocked it back to Regan Paul. Not Regan Paul. Sorry, it might be Paul actually on the kind of right, right centre half position. Gone long. They've won the header, and we had six players ahead of the ball. Yep. So I did the same thing. I paused it at that particular moment when when they won the header, and there were six players that were ahead of the ball, which meant six players were out of position on the counter attack. Easy overload, easy goal, and it's yep. and that's what I mean, like reacting poorly to the goal. You think, oh, we've let a goal in. We we need to push forward immediately and get one back, rather than just kind of taking stock and, and resetting and and almost kind of nullifying a threat and 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 starting again. And that's what I was kind of getting at, and how we just—it just seems we were just desperate to, to to get forward and get get one straight back again. Where you, it's so rare that actually happens. And what happened is we put too many people forward, got caught out, and it's two 0 down. And for us, that's game, game over, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is game over, and and we're going to come on to goals and that sort of thing in a bit. But you know, actually, at two 0 you think the three games before that we've drawn two 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 twice and won three 0 So. Technically, it probably isn't game over. You think we should be able to score goals, but the fact is that Cambridge were then able to do what we weren't able to do seven days before and yeah. just control the game. And actually, I, I thought after their goal, I thought that the rest of the first half was just a complete non-entity. It was, um, yeah. It, I have it, to say, nothing. from a Cambridge perspective, they they come across to be greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah. So maybe slightly limited players in terms of ability, apart from Shiloh Tracy, by the way, what a player he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the, but they were really well drilled, really disciplined. Just a, it was like a really mature performance from their perspective. They knew exactly how to see that game out at 2-0. And not at any point did we really look like getting back into it. Of course, the only talking point in the second half would be the Tom Hopper header that was followed by the, the elbow, which could have been a red card or should have been a red card. But let's be honest, we didn't deserve anything out of the game. No, we didn't. I'm letting those two goals in. Actually, if you look at that hopper chance, we all talk about the elbow, and it was an elbow, and it is a red card. Um, and he, I don't know why he's trying to pin their guy. It's like he suddenly thinks he's a wrestler because Tom's trying to hold him in the, onto the ground. But the fact is, he's thrown an elbow. The fact is, it's a red card. And the fact is that it's a penalty because if he's thrown an elbow and it, it, it's a penalty in the air, so you know, and at two one ten men, probably the game changes. But you. Know, you we didn't lose the game because of the referee, but no, he contrib- contributed to a, a poorer second half. But actually, Tom's chance was a hell of a lot better um, than... It's a big chance. It's a massive chance. It, yeah, and if, chance. That, if that goes it, it in at 2-1, wind in your sails, we've got Matty Virtue on this pitch at that point. We've got Joe Walsh. We looked a lot more composed as a team, a lot more organised. I think that we'd probably go on and take something from it. Yeah, I think Joe Walsh going in at centre-back and Regan Paul at right-back we just looked so much more solid and we just had more know-how, I think, didn't we? We knew how to deal with their threats. Don't get me wrong. Their threats weren't maybe quite as intense as they were or quite as, as regular as they were in the first half. They didn't need to push forward as much. But, yeah, Joe Walsh coming in made a huge difference. Obviously, Regan's outstanding wherever he plays, it seems. He's probably playing up front or in goal and it'd be outstanding. Um and I thought Matty Virtue did all right when he came on. Um, yeah. He has a lot of the qualities that Last does, but probably a bit more, bit more on the ball quality. Yeah, yeah. I'd say in terms of a um, bit more composure and good decision making on the ball. So, like, there are some positives there. Um, there's a few, not many, but there are. There's something to cling on to. I think. Do you find any worrying afterwards that Mark Kennedy said um, that he sees Matty Virtue playing as the eight? Because for me, that doesn't leave us with two for every position. It leaves us with potentially five eights. And just last Sorensen as a six or a mm. four, whatever you want to call it. I suppose he must he must see Lass as his starting deeper player, but then has the knowledge that Matty Virtue can play in there where he needs to. It's interesting to know who in Mark Kennedy's head his favoured double eights would be then. Like who's his favourite two? Because he we we all want to see Ted in there. Yeah. Um we all love Max Sanders. 
Tasha Oakley-Blue is a player that Kennedy has openly said that he's is a real big fan of. Yeah. Then you've got Max Sanders to come back in there, who's not put a foot wrong since he's been in the team. No. He did. And that virtue as well. For me, I don't know, you know, as a fan, it's, it's easy for us to say this, isn't it? Because we can sit here and we can talk about lineups and all that sort of stuff. And, and we, you know, you play football manager, I play FIFA, whatever. You, we all think we know best. But mm-hmm. for me, it's a Matty, Matty Virtue or Max Sanders playing in the six. And that's no disrespect to Lass. But I've, I think Sanders is a bit stronger. Lass is maybe a bit more determined, but he gets he does get pushed off the ball really easily. But mm. for me, whichever of Max and Matty Virtue doesn't play in the six, plays alongside Ted in the eight. And then if we're out of possession and if we're under the caution, if we're defending the lead, it's really easy just to go, right, go and join. So Matt, so Sanders and Virtue, go and sit next to yeah, each other. Plays it too deeply, yeah. yeah. And, and even then, if it's like 20 minutes to go, Last goes on and can sit there and do that role and he's got the energy. Whereas mm-hmm. you don't leave yourself an awful awful lot of place to go. And we're not going to be playing Ted Bishop on the flank, I hope, because, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw my article summing up August, but Jordan Gar- Garrick, in all of August, per 90 minutes, more shots on target, more box entries and more successful yep. dribbles than any, yep. team, any player in our team. He's got to play on one flank. Jack Diamond ain't going to sit on the bench. He's got to play on the other flank. Ted Bishop yeah. has got to play. And you've got Charles Vernon. I think there's the age old saying, isn't it, that you want to play your best players in their best positions. Yeah. And then you work a, a, away from that, don't you? And as much as Ted has scored goals out wide and he's a threat out wide, he's he's more of a threat centrally. Um, yeah. I, I would love to see him get a, a run of games playing in that in that certain midfield role with any, to be honest, any of the other ones. But yeah. we've said who we would prefer. But I think I agree with you. Ted Bishop, when fit, our, our best team includes Ted Bishop at centre-midfield. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and what it doesn't include, and I'm not scapegoating the kid at the minute, but for me, Tashan has, whenever we've looked like we've been pulled apart, Tashan has kind of been a part of that. Mm. And I've got, for me, there's an air of the, um, I it sounds lazy to say, it. there's an air of the Dan and Lundaloo. There's an air of the who was the boy that come from West Brom really briefly, J- uh, Jamie Saul, a oh, player that's come down from the higher vid- division and mm-hmm. just looks like it's a real surprise. Yeah, it's, it uh, looks like it's it's just completely different to what he's used to. And let's be honest, League yeah. One is very very different to Premier League under twenty three. Yeah, of course it is. Games. I know, I know he's obviously been playing. He's he's, a, he's he's not an eighteen year old lad, but that's his that's his Brit upbringing was was. Yeah, and he hasn't had a huge amount of senior football. Um, so might I will, a, I, I will say he's not shit. People say Tashan oh, God, no shit. Way. he's not shit. So he's a very we, good footballer. We hadn't seen a lot from him until Fleetwood game. And then I think he really impressed it at times in that Fleetwood game. And actually yeah. in those early exchanges, him and Ted had a really good combination on the left in that left, left half space. So those two early chances came from, from those two com- combining twice. He took up some really clever positions. So he's clearly talent and understanding tactical there. But yeah, it's, it seems it's not just inconsistent on a game by game basis. It's kind of inconsistent within the game. Yeah, and I don't think you can you can't really carry that, especially when we do have. It's nice to have it, I suppose. Now, isn't it? But we do have options in there now. Yeah, we do, we do, and I think with um, Ted and Tashan, I think it's an either or situation. Yeah, I think when you play the two together, I, I mean, and it seems ludicrous now, but people used to say the same of Morgan Rogers and Brennan Johnson. You can't play them both. In in the, like with one in the ten and one on the flank because they they just drift and they you know they do their yeah. own things. Of course, if we had them both now, we'd we'd play them both undoubtedly. Um, and I think that that's it. I think if you play Ted, and you want to get the most out of him, you then have to weight the players around him to the more sensible, less kind of flamboyant players. So I'm thinking you might virtues your your Max Sanders, the yeah, kind of the workers. Full of energy. Yeah, full of energy, yeah. those workhorse players. Yeah, you get and you last, get a couple yeah. of those. Yeah, and last. So you get you get last or Matty Virtue in the holding role or the deeper role, that ball winning role. And you get legs either side, Sanders or one of the other two, depending on what we decided. And then and then Ted Bishop and you've got Ted's Ted's a hard working player, but he has that extra bit of quality and you want to give him the freedom to get forward and get in those yeah. those spaces further up the pitch and having that work rate behind him allows him to go and do that. You're probably going to get the best out of him that way, aren't you? I think that's why we're trying to push him out on the wing because I think we're trying to keep the work rate in the middle of the pitch, the pressing mm-hmm. and the dirty stuff, and we're trying to get the talented player out. But yeah, it goes back to when Gary Simpson used to play Ben Tomlinson out on the wing. I remember him playing out on either the left or the right flank or something like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. we always used to say, where's Anthony Scully's best position on the pitch? But it isn't the case. You can't 
you know, you wouldn't have played Paul Gascoigne on the wing or something like that. And so for me, yeah, as soon as you put a wing, a player on the wing who's not a winger, it shrinks all your play. Yeah, I understood that earlier in the season when we were struggling for options and we had injuries. Yeah. But we're getting, obviously we're still missing Garrick, aren't we? But we're getting there now. And we actually had options to not have to do that on, on Saturday yeah, yeah, as well. So, so, so hopefully... You know, in a week or two time, when everyone's fit again, touch wood, that happens. We don't pick anything else up in the next couple of games. Then hopefully we'll start to see a more settled 11, would you say? You would hope so. I mean, we saw a relatively settled back four. I think that's going to change. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and Mark Shoney's not frightened to change that. He brought Sean Rowan in for Jamie Robson, which, given the stats, actually, was quite surprising because mm. Jamie Robson, most successful defensive duels and most crosses. Um, but I think that the Rowan and Robson thing... Neither of those were at fault for us conceding the goals on Saturday. And actually, it's interesting watching Sean Rowan's reaction to mm-hmm. conceding the goal. I, I um, noticed that as well. Yeah, he was, yeah, he he was gutted. And, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I kind of like, so, like to see that because he didn't have a go at anybody, but you just see he was, it, just, it just hurt. And you want it to hurt, yeah. don't you? You want it to matter. Um, yeah, from a yeah. fan's perspective, you want the players to carry as much as you do. And it looks like he does. And it's, yeah. again, a little silver lying. There's it's, something it's, in there. Personality-wise, there's clearly something positive there. Yeah, I think so. I think actually Sean Rowan has the potential to be a bit of a shit out. Um, yeah, yeah I agree. And, and, and I think when he is like 26, 27 years old, something like that, I think that wherever he's playing, he'll be captain. I get that from him. You know, when you, that's, when a really, talks, that's a really that good pers- That's a good prediction. That's worth a fiver, I think. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a good record with bets, actually. Thanks to Chris Maguire. Breakfast is paid for this Saturday. Oh, so, yes. Um, Happy days. Yeah, very good. Um, so, any any more comments on on the Cambridge game before we move on? Um, no, I think we've covered everything I've got written down here. There's a couple of stats, but they're boring and pointless. We we all know what happens. Uh, oh, now so, we are going to disagree. Stats are never boring, and then no, no. Pointless. But I mean, we there's nothing that the stats say about Saturday that yeah, you don't that. get from seeing it. Whereas yeah. sometimes you you kind of watch a game and they look at the stats, you go, oh, you know what? That actually shows a bit of a different picture than yeah. I saw in my own eyes. There's nothing surprising in the stats from Saturday. Um, they had two chances, they scored them. The rest of the game was almost a non-event. Yeah, because actually we had more shots on target. Yeah. Than they did, yeah. we had four two, on target. Yeah, had four two. out of five chances, but our XG was only 0.56. Yeah. And yeah, look, while, while, we're talking, while we're talking stats before we move on, I, I've got a couple lined up here. We talked a little bit about them off air. And it's actually to show, and what I want to show here is we we are very much, I think, seven games into the season, and it's almost like we're just starting now because players are just coming fit. Uh, And so when I'm going to give you these stats, these stats are having to play players out of position. These stats are without new signings having come in. In the XG table, and that it works out what result you should have had based on your XG for people that don't know. So um, for instance, the uh, the Fleetwood game 2-2, but I think the XG suggested that they should have won that game 2-1 uh, because they had better chances. And had they put their chances away, they, they could have won the game. In the XG table, we are 23rd and our expected points are just 5.7. So we, we, we're actually, we've done slightly better um, yeah. in terms of our points. So we're actually overachieving in terms of our performances yeah. and we're not in a good place in the table. No, it's early and, doors. And Accrington is seven. Like it's, yeah, and like you said, yeah, it's early doors, and we've got players to come back. We haven't had a settled team. There's a lot of factors, and it's obviously a very small sample size so far as well. But I can't deny, I am, I'm a lot more concerned after that Cambridge game than I was before it. About as I was relatively positive and thought we showed enough, enough, enough positive traits um, in the other games, but are partial, of course. Um, that means that we're fine. And I'm kind of, I don't like to doubt it, but I'm kind of second doubting that a little bit now, doubting my own opinion on, on us. Yeah. I know you shouldn't read in too much after just one match, but there are some worrying signs there for me. I don't, I have to admit, I know we're going to talk about um, Accrington later, but looking at the the stats again, relating to Accrington, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't fill me full of... Let's leave everybody to look forward to that for 10 minutes. Um, just some more just some more stats before we talk about something positive. Um, we have the lowest XG in the entire division. Um, so that means we've created um, the, the, the kind of least amount of goal scoring opportunities. We've got the lowest amount of shots taken in the division and not just by one or two, but by 12. By 12, Cheltenham are, are, are next up. 
Um, we have got the lowest number of headed opportunities at goal with just five. Um, we've got the third lowest something else, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> because I can't what, whatever it is, it's, 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 it's depressing. <laughs> whatever it is, is the third lowest. Um, shots against, though, interestingly, shots against um, and expected goals uh, conceded are very interesting because we haven't conceded as many shots as people would imagine, but we have got um relic with fifth in terms of xg against so what that actually means is that although we're not letting the, the the opposition have opportunities when they're getting the opportunities they are good opportunities to score yeah so people we're not giving people opportunity um to oh i know what that thing is now by the way it's the third lowest number of shots from outside the area at 22 oh, great so there we go um or oh, 22nd rather so so yeah it means that Actually, some of the fundamentals that we're doing, we're doing well in that we're restricting the opposition. Restricting the with, yeah, yeah, yeah when, when we're going into defensive mode, so when we're transitioning and we're out of um, uh, possession and people are coming on to us, they're finding it hard to break us down. Our problem is we're getting hit on the break and we're making silly... But mm-hmm. then we're giving chances away. We gave... one At least one of the chances against Cambridge was was a giveaway. Oh, and, yeah. and both of them would... I think both of, them, both of them were easily avoidable yeah but like we discussed i think one was one was because of the other you know, yeah is how we reacted to the first one so yeah happy happy so let's, oh, move, on happy, happy, happy. <laughs> let's move on to something positive um we've we've gone on air so it is thursday at the moment um we've as we've gone on air the third kit has been released um so it it's got Liverpool from a couple of years ago vibes away kit. They had a standard charter one that was white with some green on it as well. That's good. Um, I don't know. That's good knowledge. Um, I don't know Premier League. I might be wrong. Kits Everyone goes, no, well. Um, but it's all subjective, isn't it? But I really like it. I think from a third kit, you want it to be something that's very unique. That's kind of almost collectible. Otherwise, people aren't going to buy it. And I think it's, I think it's nice. There's not much you can say about a kit, but I think they've done whoever was involved in that. It's done an excellent job. Well, I was on the kit design committee and I don't remember seeing it at all. <laughs> well, we've done an excellent job. <laughs> I thought that we were getting a uh, lilac coloured away kit, if I'm honest. I thought that was the one that signed up on. So when, when it came Maybe out, was like, out voted. Yeah, I, I, I don't even remember a vote. I, I, I very clearly remember talking about the home kit. I clearly remember the away kit because I really like the away kit. Um, I think it's absolutely gorgeous, but I don't remember this kit at all. It's not for me. But then last year's away kit wasn't for me either. These kind of, you know, these these quirky, little bit mad kind of mm-hmm. look. It's it's the mid nineties again kits. Yeah. They're Tell not me for me. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me. I'm a I'm a you know stripes, quarters, hoops, solid colours. I'm not a let's go for this funky pattern that do you want, But um, mm-hmm. but I think we'll wear it more than we wear our away kit midweek in the winter. Because last year, the, I was told last year, one of the reasons that we wore the yellow third kit much more than the awful blue was because mm-hmm. the players struggled to pick each other out sometimes against the dark crowd when they're on the flank on some of the tighter grounds. Makes sense. Shades of Man United. Do you remember Man United? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's definitely an excuse. But yeah, I yeah. suppose, you know, if it's those 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 little small things, isn't it? Yeah, if you wouldn't remember that. You must have been too young for that when United had the uh, grey kit and they changed I know, I know it all about time. it. Change, the change on the ever wore it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 90, yeah. It must have been 96, 97. Something like that. Was it was Southampton away. It was, why yeah. Do I, why do I know that? I don't know why. I shouldn't know that. That's that's taking up some space in my brain of something that's a lot more important. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, I'm not having that. Nothing's more important than, than football knowledge. Um, so, yeah, that's... Oh, I agree with that. I mean, Man United kits from 1996 probably don't need to take pride of place in when up well, there. Like me, you grew up in rugby, and unfortunately, Man United kits were all you ever saw everywhere. Yeah. Um, I remember the Newton Heath one that they had, which was the yellow and green. It was when Andre Konchalskis played for him. And there was more of those in the Ivy Club in rugby than there was shell suits. <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. Um, right, so that's the third kit. Very good. Yeah, great. Buy it if you want it. Don't buy it. Argue about it on social media. You're bound to anyway. Um, another bit of good news from player development point of view is Sam Long has been called up to play for Scotland under-21s. Um, painful that on the uh, on the tweet, it said that he plays for Boston United. I don't mm-hmm. think it's very often that Boston have a player called up for under-21s, but um, 
it's going to be big for him, isn't it? Because there's there's players from Rangers and Celtic and stuff on there as well. Yeah, that's that's huge for him. That's really really. It's great for the club, obviously. Um, even if we don't not getting the credit for it directly on the on the announcement, um, he's gone out to Boston to get more game time. You know, there was there was rumours that he might be our first choice goalkeeper this season. Um, obviously, the club decided that maybe it's still a year too soon, um, and he's gone out to get some some game time. I tell you what, he's been busy at Boston, hasn't he? My God, yeah, he has, yeah. Um, but he's clearly impressing. There's going to be some competition for that for that that spot in the Scotland under twenty one team, like you say. There's some big football clubs. Celtic and Rangers, and I imagine, I don't know, but I, I imagine there's going to be other competition at like Premier League academies and things. So the fact that he's thought of as highly as that is is a huge positive for him, of course, but also for for us. Yeah, I think so. And I think given this year that, you know, we're not going to get any games called off from international call-ups. One being mainly because of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were going to be no rounds of international games in, in kind of November and December or, or leading in as there ever are. Um, but obviously our loans, we haven't loaned players that are going to be called up now. And we had games called off last last year, I think, because Luis Fiorini and uh, yeah. Archie Mayer and, and we in the past we've had Zeke Albazetti and Anthony Scully going. Um, so we haven't got any of that. So it's kind of nice to have the call up without anything else. It does yeah. feel squad-wise to me... I know this is just going to fuel the the the, the moaning minis of the world, but it feels squad wise to me that we now feel more like a League One squad. Whereas when we were getting lots of players called up to under twenty ones, you almost felt like we were top end League One Championship, didn't you? When you know this player's yeah. England under nineteen and this player's Scotland under twenty one. I know exactly what you mean. Um, I, I I think I kind of agree. Again, um, I I think. The current level of overall technical ability in our squad, albeit it's not crap, it's fine, it's perfectly adequate, and there's some good players in our team. Um, I think it is certainly a step below what it was when we had the those marquee loans in, as you would expect. That's exactly what yeah. you get them in for is to increase that technical ability of your squad. Yeah, I think we've got a very much a, a League One squad. Um, hopefully a competitive and comfortable League One squad. Um, even the loans seem to be of that level and, and nature don't they like you say we haven't, yeah. we haven't we've mentioned this last week so we don't want to go into too much detail but we haven't loaned in the 18 19 year olds we've loaned we've loaned in um young men you know young professionals who have got a few years of experience yeah. um and maybe at end of pathway maybe a you know potential to sign on permanence but <sighs> Pathway Claxon. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I get what you mean. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do. I get what you mean. And like I say, we, we kind of it'd be going over old ground. And I don't think that those players should be marked down because they're not Brook Norton Coffee and Louis Fiorini. I mean, Louis oh, Fiorini. Absolutely got, not. No. He got slagged to high heaven last season until the Sheffield Wednesday game, everyone was kind of what we got him for. And then when he came to player of the season, he came third or something like that, didn't he? Or away yeah, exactly. player. So, exactly. um, the, the, so the best thing about, about this is those players would had no, we had no chance of signing any of those types of players no. on a permanent no. deal. They were never, ever going to be ours. Um, whereas the ones that we've got in this season could be. Yeah. If the stars align. And let's face it. I mean, okay, we've not seen a lot of Jack Diamond. But from what we've seen of Diamond, what we've seen of Garrick, you'd want you'd want to sign them. Oh, gotcha. You'd want yeah, to sign them. And, and, and I've seen forty-five minutes of Matty Virtue. I, I did like what I saw. I thought he came on and you know to to phrase a, a certain manager at the top of League One. He, he showed intent and energy and purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've got to have that from our midfield. So yeah, absolutely. I'm not I'm not slagging the players off that, that we have brought in. I just. You know, it's a different. It's, it's just a, different a very different profile of loan. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. not a worse loan overall. These players are going to have other qualities that the the older style didn't. You know, they they might not have that kind of tactical um, knowledge yet. They might not understand the game quite as much. The the kind of the the dark arts a little bit, and you know, just just those things that maybe you don't always see from as a, from a fan's perspective. Whereas you these are, these guys that are a bit more experienced will have other qualities. So they were indeed. And talking of other qualities, you said um, a little bit earlier that Cambridge were a team that were far greater than the sum of their parts, which mm. I think was something that Ben Sedgmore, um, I first remember him saying about Keith Alexander's imps in 2000. Absolutely, yeah, couldn't agree more. No, absolutely. Um, 
Oh, what a and time then, to be alive that was. What a time, yeah, it was a great time to be alive. I remember, I, I'm going off on a tangent a bit here, but I remember going to the first couple of games and um, I remember beating, was it Rochdale we beat 2 0? I think Dean yes. Cropper scored. One of his um, very few goals that season, yeah. And then I went on holiday to Tenerife and that was a messy holiday. And I remember um, because it was no mobile phone, you didn't have a mobile phone, you could check scores and you couldn't get mm-hmm. signal abroad. I remember going down to this little payphone and there was cockroaches, like, because there's a lot of them about and like actual ones. And I remember ringing my dad uh, at home to find out how we'd got on away at Hartlepool. And I think we'd gone and beaten Hartlepool 2 1, if I remember correctly. They were, they were top right. of the league or they were up there, weren't they, at the time? Or they were, yeah. And I remember their early doors. So, uh, but anyway, far greater than some of their parts. Cambridge United. If anybody, if any team in this division are greater than the sum of their parts, it's Akron's and Stanley. Yeah, they 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 kind of define that, I think, in this league, don't they? Um, I, I really like Accrington as a football club. Taking the actual quality on the pitch out of it, yeah, I just like them. I think they do things in the right way. Um, but we're not here to be nice to the opposition. We're here to see whether we can win about it, whether we, we've got a chance of winning the game. And we do have a chance, but I'm less positive about this one than I was this time last week discussing the Cambridge match for a few reasons, but I'll let you kind of... Well, I'll tell you what, let let me put... A, you 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 say first, because I've got one or two reasons, just really bare reasons, where we might... I might be able to add a positive spin after your negativity. <laughs> OK. Um, so, what I have written down here is, in their last few games... Well, I'll tell you what, actually, I'll go through the... I'll go through the positive first because I have written down a couple of positives as well. Okay, and that is that the steal my um, thunder, but yeah, oh sorry, Uh, but there. um, (laughs) I just read my notes. That was was, oh, actually, I've written something positive. Um, (laughs) Accrington's passing accuracy in two of the last three games has been under seventy percent. In one game, it's been as low as sixty-three percent. They don't play many passes, and the passes they play aren't very accurate. That means they go long, basically, quite a lot. Um, But that also means that we might have the opportunity to have a bit of the ball. Um, I feel like we're almost like a, an in-between sort of side against those teams that are quite footballing, you know, um, like Derby will be on Tuesday night, for example. Um, then we seem to be like the workhorses. But against those teams that are a bit more direct, then we seem to be the team that's kind of quite good on the ball. We're like that that, that kind of little bit in-between, which is, I think that's a good place to be. But via the stats, um, Accrington are very much... Um, set up in a certain way. Now, also, they've set up in a four-five-one or a four-one-four-one, which is nearly the same thing. Um, yeah. In all but one of their last five matches, and that suits us. Uh, if they're going to go long into one striker without an attacking midfielder there, and we've got a four-three-three, we'll have two centre backs and a holding midfielder to hopefully outnumber those transitions, um, which you'd hope gives us opportunity to think get on the ball, play our game. And that's a positive. Um, however, they did play 4-2-3-1 when they lost to Ipswich. So what I've written down here is if they play in the shape that they have most often played, that's where I think we'll get some joy. What I'm really concerned about is if they play a 4-2-3-1 and um, they take, I think they're the, they're, the, they're the shootiest boys in the league, aren't they? They have the most shots of any team in the league. They have one of the highest expected goals in the league. Um, so they score goals. I'll chip in there because they do. And I knew you were going to come on to that. That's what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting oh, for you to come sorry. on to XG. No, no, you crack on. Because actually they do have very good XG. Um, but if you take two games out of it, they have they got the same XG from just two fixtures as we have had all season. Hmm. The 4-4 game against Burton, where Burton had a man sent off early, they got 2.83 XG. And against Charlton, uh, quite what happened here, I don't know, 3.23 XG, and they ended up drawing 2-2. Now, they actually got 0.8 against Shrewsbury and won that game. They got uh, 1.09 against uh, Forest Green and 0.69 against Ipswich. They run hot and cold. They're like a yeah. they're like a mixer tap that's not labelled. You never quite know what you're going to get until you stick your hand in. And hopefully, we get one a day where they're not not so good. Um, the concern I have is if we get in, we get drawn into a transitional game 
you know, when we when we maybe have a disappointing moment in the game and we don't react to it well, and then we we lose our our style and the game becomes really transitional, and they're good at that. Um, if we stay patient and we try and control the ball, we've got a really good chance of getting a positive result here. I think we've got the ability on the ball to do that. Um, our the stats show that you know, in terms of passes, passing accuracy, um, possession, we're we're much better than them um, in in that. So we want to be able to implement that as part of the on on, on the game. Like I said, that the, what really concerns me is how we've reacted to negative moments in games, and we have lost what we do, and we just kind of go long. And like I know there's nothing wrong with going long, but we've lost our shape and lost our our kind of intentions a little bit. Um, the second goal, of course, being a prime example of that on Saturday. And that's what really worries me is I haven't seen a huge amount bar Oxford away, which shows we've got that little bit of nous. So the positive is if we do it, if we do have the opportunity and keep our cool, keep the ball, it might be more like a last season sort of style performance, hopefully from mm. us, then we've got a really good chance. Um, if we get drawn into a transitional game. I'm concerned. One also side note, I, I looked through every single goal they've conceded this season. Um, I was away with work yesterday and um, was on a bus on a bus trip down to Northampton. Um, so I spent the trip on the way there <laughs> watching um, watching clips of Atkinson. Um, they seem to be oddly susceptible from quick throw-ins, not long throws, but quick throw-ins. They've conceded three goals from quick throw-ins, um, okay. which I thought was quite interesting. I don't know if the scouting team have picked up on that or not, but you'd, you'd hope they'd, if I've noticed it, they would do. And um, we scored from a quick throw-in against um, Exeter. Against Fleetwood. And Fleetwood as well, did we? Because Exeter we did, didn't we? Jamie Robson to Hacks, mm. Hacks cross for Tom Hopper. Yeah, that's it. Well, it was, it was, it was off a throwing, wasn't it, uh, against Fleetwood on yeah, Sean yeah. Rowan's cross. It was like thrown in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Quick, quick right. cross. But yeah, so... Who knows? That might be the way in. I yeah, I, I, it's interesting. You talked about them being the shootingest team, and that sounds a little bit like winningest, doesn't it? Which the <laughs> yeah. Americans say, which I I absolutely <laughs> hate. They are. Uh, they have thirteen point five shots per ninety minutes, um, which is the second highest in the division. Their well, shot it's accuracy almost double what we have as well, isn't it? Yeah, but their shot accuracy is twenty seven point four percent, which is the third lowest in the division. So you've got a team here that are, are taking kind of pot shots whenever they can. Yeah, they have so, had. <clears throat> excuse me. They have had forty-eight shots from outside of the area hmm. um, this season. We uh, have had in total forty-seven shots across the entire um, seven games. So they've had more shots from outside the area than we've had everywhere. And as I said, Social we've got shots. the third lowest outside. So it is a clash of two styles. You're quite right. They are a shoot on site. They're like um, they're like your mate on FIFA who doesn't play very often. And then kind of, you know, every time he gets the ball, he's pressing the shoot button and he's pressing the long pass button. And mm -hmm. we're the guy on FIFA that thinks he's practised and we're going to try and pass around and do all of the skill moves and stuff like that. It's going to be a clash of styles. Um but I think it's a crucial game for us because you look at what we've then got coming up. You know, we've got Derby at home. We've got um, MK Dons coming up. They're kind of fighting. And that's probably a game, actually, that will play more to our strengths. You've got yeah. Bristol Rovers. I mean, it's you know, this is a game where if you said to me the first four games of the season, you can have six points. I would have looked at it and gone, well, I would like more. Forest Green, mm -hmm. Exeter, Fleetwood and Accrington. But, you know, two wins and two defeats or something like that, yeah, I'd, I'd probably, I'd take that as a bare minimum. If you offered me four out of those four games, that's... It's disappointing. You know, yeah, it's disappointing. Um, they've got a couple of injuries. They've got a few bodies out. They're not able to play their full first team at the moment. Um, they've, uh, they've, I looked through their squad, and apart from Ethan Hamilton, who's a player I really like, um, he was at Man United, I think, as a youngster. I think he was at Rochdale and Bolton on loan. I don't know. He must just want to stay in the North East. Uh, Northwest, because how he's playing at Accrington. He doesn't want to know. move house, that's all. Yeah, exactly. It's an Alex Gilby situation, isn't it? Let's face it, if Alex Gilby yeah. had got, yeah. um, you know, he, he may have come to us. So they've got one or two decent players, but I don't know. For me, this is a game. Do you know what? Before the, I, I, I did the research before and before I came on the pod, I went, I was thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to predict a defeat here because, you know, they're, they're in a false position in terms of their XG. 
but then you look at it and delve deep into it and actually they've had games where they've been as bad as I think that we have and and, yeah. and you said there we haven't shown the the the, the nows against many teams other than Oxford I mean Portsmouth we definitely did Oh, yeah, um, good point. Of course, how could I forget that? Last 70 minutes against Exeter, I thought that we were by far the better side. First 60 minutes against Forest Green, uh, you know, first 45 minutes against Fleetwood. You, you've got these pockets of being able to see what Mark Kennedy's team is going to be all about. Absolutely. And then you've got, you've got these moments. Once it goes, we don't get it back. Apart from the Exeter game, it's always been we've lost our way and then we've not got it back at Fleetwood. We we lost our way. We never had our way at Peterborough. Yeah, we lost our way at um, uh, against uh, Forest Green as well. You know, if we start well, it's all about how long we can keep it up. And and yes. I think you know, if we bring our A game and we line up in the correct position, and I'm not sure. Uh, you know, my understanding is Jordan Garrick can't be far away from fitness. He was only meant to be mm-hmm. gone for a week or so. If you've got Garrick, he's crucial to me. Jordan Garrick's crucial to Lincoln he's, City. At he offers a threat that not many clubs have in their arsenal. Yes. Like yes. Cambridge had it on Saturday with Shiloh Tracy. Oh, he's such a good player. I remember yeah, seeing him. But, Do you remember the, yeah. the, the Mickey Mouse Cup game against Shrewsbury? Yeah, they and brought him off, four, didn't they? Brought him off after about 60 minutes. And he was mm. the I remember looking at him thinking that he's the sort of player we should be signing. But yeah, there was four ex Spurs youngsters on the pitch, weren't there? Because on Saturday, because the lad that should have been sent off was an ex Spurs youngster, the centre back. Oh, of course, yeah. And there's obviously TJ. Who was the fourth? TJ Shiloh Tracy Tasham. Oh, of course, yeah. So, yeah, and I, I just Spurs yeah, reunion. Yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? And they're like old school reunions. Some people came out of it better than others. So, <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's it. Uh, right, so. That's pretty much Accrington done. Um, do we want to do we want to talk a little bit about Derby? I mean, we can't really go yeah, too well, deep into it. It's really nice to have two home games in in quick succession. If we do get a disappointing result against Accrington, you've got an opportunity to go and put it right. Doesn't matter who the opposition is, you get a, you get another throw roll of the dice really quickly, and that's a real positive. And if you if we do get a positive result, which we can against Accrington, you know, apart from my pessimism. We can. We're certainly capable. You said if we bring our A game, if we put all those pockets of positivity and, and good performances together in a, into 90 minutes, we will win that game. Yeah. Um, it's just that we haven't seen it for 90 minutes yet, that's all. Um, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, well, I'm, you, you I'm go, guys. I'll, I'll try and remind myself. I'm, I'm going to pick mm. up because you said there about, you know, if you play on Saturday, it doesn't matter who you've got the on the, the week after. The fact is you've got a quick turnaround. And my mate Jay um, did that with a driving test. He had a driving test on the Monday. He used to have to wait three months for a driving test. He mm-hmm. had a driving test on the Monday, failed it, rang up, immediately got a retest um, the next day uh, and was that ill-prepared that he went and failed that as well. Oh, uh, no. That's two, yeah, that's two fails. So he actually failed. Uh, he failed four. I failed five. And I think Dave failed six. So Good. Um, okay, so I, I was four as well. So none of us are great, were we? No. <laughs> but for me, there is that fear. I... I the thing is, the Derby game is going to be more reflective of the type of game we're going to play this season, you know, and the games that we've been playing against teams that we turn up and we think we should be we should be beating. And whether that's arrogance yeah. from a fan's point of view, for me, if you'd said Forest Green, Exeter, Accrington, and Fleetwood, I would I would have expected twelve points from those games over the course of the season, and that feeds into my prediction of just outside the relegation zone. I expect to win those games. So if we don't get anything from the Accrington game and there will be a meltdown on social media and I'm going to get a deliberate ban so I don't have to see it because I had the best Sunday ever being banned. I saw you Twitter. got banned. Yeah, that was um, I think Derby would be, a, you know, it's one of the games where probably, you know, although it's more reflective of what we've got to come and it's a big game and they're a great team um, in terms of you know, how quickly they've rebuilt and, and where they've been recently, it's probably also one of those games where they're going to find it a little bit of a shock coming to a place like Lincoln on a Tuesday night, yeah. having just come down. A, a few points to the point there that I want to touch on. I think it's, it, it can be a bit of a free hit if we get a good result against Accrington. Yes. We beat yeah. Accrington and we lose to Derby. We, we work hard and we put up a strong fight and we lose. No one's going to be too critical. Um, but also, if we do get a positive result against Accrington, you'd like to think we, we've, we've got a bit of confidence about us. And also... With our pressing system, we are absolutely going to be more suited, or that will be more successful against teams that want to play out and want to want to have the ball and possess the game. Um, and Derby very, very much are that. They're almost pole opposite to Accrington. We're going to see two completely different football matches um, on Saturday and Tuesday, 
So again, with a positive hat on, um, they're the style of team that we should on paper be pretty good against in terms of we can we can stop hopefully stop them playing their game. Um and that they're not going to be a team that's going to come to Central Bank and sit deep um and and and, and try and nick a point like like Fleetwood did they from the minute one. They were I'm not saying they set up to not to to lose the game or set up to, to draw. You always want to win, but they certainly set up to to not lose first. I don't feel Derby will do that. I think Derby will want to go and win every single game they can this season. They'll feel coming to Little Lincoln City, who have had a poor start to the season on paper. Like you say, all those statistics the analyst team are going to see and think, yeah, we've got we've got a game here. And I just I do feel we do have the opportunity to upset the apple cart a little bit there. So I'm strangely more positive about the Derby game than I'm the Accrington game, which I, I definitely shouldn't be, but I am. Yeah, I can't draw. I can't draw too much. At this stage, because I, I found myself feeling much more negative about this start to the season since the Forest Green game um, than I have that I expected that I would. Do you know what I mean? I know we're a work in progress. I know that we've lacked key players. I know this. I know that. And so, you know, I've kind of I'm feeding into a narrative that usually I'm I'm fighting against. Um, in truth, so I, I, I am finding it a little hard to be positive at the moment, and I'm, I'm having to kind of convince myself. You know, Danny Mandrew could come in and, and be exactly what we're looking for. Jordan Garrick, yeah, we've only seen in flashes. Matty Virtue is exactly what I think we need, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, you know, I say all of that, and then I got downhearted when I looked on Twitter earlier and saw Sam Winnell had signed for Burton. and I'm like, oh, I thought we were going to sign him. Do you know what I mean? And and that's that's kind of that's that that's... football manager mentality almost, isn't it? It's just being a fan as well, though, we, isn't it? It's 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 fearing the worst, hoping for the best, and someone that you'd like to see at your football club, whether they would fit or not. If they yeah, go somewhere fit. else, you're, dis- you're disappointed just because yeah. they've signed a striker and we need a striker. Uh, you yeah. know, if we signed any striker, it could be the wrong, the completely the wrong player. You feel better because you find you've signed a striker, and because someone yeah. else has done and we haven't. You, there's a little bit, isn't there, in the back of your mind thinking, bugger, you know, they've they've got an extra chance now and we haven't. Um, yeah, exactly. I know we've took some derby there, but. Accrington is enormous. Yes, it's yes, yes. Massive, such yeah. a huge Massive. game. Um, we, I just really hope the pressure doesn't get to the lads because I really want us to have a good performance and get three points. And that, I would feel so much more confident and comfortable about the season if we manage to get three points on Saturday. But if we yeah. don't, I think I'll feel significantly less confident. It, it, it feels like it's, 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 it's the opportunity to be a huge swing. And you, you mentioned this about Cambridge on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I did, um, yeah. Um, and we lost it, so we feel negative. But I think Accrington yeah. has got probably because we lost the Cambridge game. It's it's even more important, and it, but it has I the same so. feel about it, doesn't it? I, I, yeah, it does. I, I seem to remember saying the same thing ahead of the Forest Green game that you know win this game and it sets the precedent. And we didn't. We drew it, and I called it a rollover. And the Oxford game was the one, and we won it. And it's like that's it. Now we can kick on. And actually, for yeah. Oxford, we should have kicked on. We should have then gone on to the Fleetwood game, taken something from that. Or I mean, it was Peterborough to be fair next, but it, you know. You've taken three points from the Fleetwood game, irrespective of Cambridge, taken three points, you'd then have nine points. I don't look at tables too early, but you'd be tucked in the middle there somewhere. You know, you'd be just a safe distance away from the bottom um, bottom teams. And and that, I think that's what's frustrating, because even if we were winning and losing, winning and losing, I can handle that. Beat Fleetwood, lose Cambridge, whatever, I can handle that. One and a half points a game, you're safe. Um, you know, We've got to turn these draws into wins. Actually, I, I mm-hmm. talk about Saturday. Saturday's got draw written all over it. It really has. Yeah, and I fear a defeat. We can win, but it's got draw written all over it. And then it's Derby's the first big test, I think, this season of how how we're going to do against the big clubs. I know we've already lost yep. to Peterborough. I think that was a one-off because we had players out of position and Jordan Wright in goal, not Carl Rushworth, etc. Derby could be the first time where we've got 90 to 95% of our players fit against a big team, go into that and get rolled over two or three nil, then I'm going to panic because then we're not doing it against the smaller clubs and we're, just, we're getting rolled over by the bigger clubs. Yeah, so, well, that's the rest crucial. of the difficult season, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so much riding on Atkinson. But crucial if we're positive, if, yeah, huge, huge. Is it positive that they're both at home? I yeah. I think that, that is a huge positive. Um, we need to improve our home form. Um, but... You do have an advantage, you know. Whether we haven't, we haven't maybe taken advantage of the advantage of having the your fans and you know have the whole home situation. It is 
it is an advantage to play at home because they get too too close to each other gives us that extra hopefully an edge. I do feel that that'll be more beneficial against Derby than it will at Crinton as well. And it'll, yeah, it'll be a big atmosphere as well. I mean, obviously Derby, yeah. it's going to be the first game of the season where people aren't saying all oh, crowds are dropping off because it'll be nine thousand something. It'll be absolutely yeah. packed because um, there'll be a guaranteed fifteen hundred away fans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and we'll talk about great nights, you know, where we got 23,000, the record attendance at Sinsel Bank and all that sort of stuff. And and, and and you talk interesting, really. You talk about sorting out the home form as well. And because we're actually, we're unbeaten at home, aren't we, thus far yeah, this yeah. season? I meant over the last, the last time, season, though, as well. Do you remember the last time? It's been five months since we lost at home. Is it really? Five months today. Uh, for, sorry, five well, five months today as released, five months tomorrow as we're recording. We lost yeah. to Wigan, didn't we? 3 1 on the 9th of April. That's a long time ago. Obviously, yeah. we've had a summer break in between, so it's not all yeah, football, yeah, but, yeah, we have. Um, I mean, it's only but, two two wins at the end of last season, and it's only six games, six games ago, but even so, mm. be nice. Which is nice. That's we, nice. It, it feels, yeah, for it to know that it feels like a long time, yeah. Since if we if lost. we're still unbeaten when we record next week, and I don't know what combination of Stacey West podcast presenter it will be, um, but if we're still unbeaten, it will be really positive. But oh, gotcha. mm-hmm. I would rather be I'd rather get beaten by one of these teams and beat the other than I would draw them both. Obviously, yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, in, terms, in terms of numbers, obviously, yeah. but also just in terms of us actually being able to get a win on the on the board. Yeah, yeah, because that's yeah. what we have obviously struggled to to get that that three points. We've done it yeah. once. We've had opportunities in other games where we could have won and haven't done. We need to start, like you mentioned, turning those draws into wins. Um, yeah. Even if we do stay in tight in games and we um, we are hard to beat as a team, that's like kind of our almost our, our ethos throughout the season. You mentioned it before the Cambridge game. That's fine, providing now and then you pick up a win or two to keep yeah. you in that in, in that positive side. But if now and then you come on the wrong side of those draws, you're in you're in a sticky situation. So you are. We need three points. Well, please, we, please, football we, gods, can we have three points? Yeah, there we go. We're now pleading, uh, <laughs> pleading to the gods. So, um, but I think that's about it for now. I will promote my running thing next week. Um, cool. So I think, uh, I think, I think that's it. As we're recording, we don't quite know what the situation is with uh, the Queen, sadly. So whether this actually goes out, we don't know. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, any other business? Not today, thank you. None at all. Did rugby have a game this Sunday? Upcoming, yeah, yeah. We're away at AFC West End uh, mm-hmm. in our first actual match of the season that people hope that the other team will hopefully attend. Um, <clears throat> I think we're away at the play at Christ Hospital School. If anyone wants to come and watch some Sunday League football, get yourself down there ten forty-five Sunday morning. Chris will be the one tho- foaming at the mouth, uh, trying to initiate a double press uh, while two two players look at him, one with a beer belly who's hung over and the other one with a disinterested glaze in his eyes, no doubt, which is... Um... Oh, that's so stereotypical Sunday, Lee. We, we, we've, we've moved on. <laughs> we've moved on from there. You've, you've moved on from last season when I came to watch? Yes. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so no, there we go. And, and funnily enough, actually, while we are doing the kit talk, it reminded me of the... The, uh, the excitement last season, well, we were playing pool. Chris comes up to play pool um, occasionally here at the uh, at the staying in. And you, you were so excited about the rugby kit when you... And well, it, yeah, we'd, I've we'd got to say a it's a beautiful bes- kit. We've got a bespoke kit made by, uh, yeah, by, by one, of, one, of, one of our players um, is, is good friends with, with someone, a company that makes cricket gear. And they wanted to branch into football. Um, TNF, by the way, a little free shout out for them. Um, TNF uh, Apparel, I think they're called, did a brilliant job for us. Um, and I, oh, you're right, I was so excited. You don't get many perks being the manager on a Sunday League team, but getting to pick the kit is definitely one of them. And, and it's a nice kit. It's like a, it's got kind of black. It's black and white, which is rugby, but with gold on and a kind of a Juventus vibe. And and so one Sunday last year, I took my camera. Uh, down to the game and I thought I'll kind of get lots of action shots of this this nice kit and it'll look fantastic um, and what happened after five minutes <laughs> well the other team had a had a plain white kit and the ref said oh that doesn't clash it's fine and we couldn't see each other so we had to cover our kit up and wear yellow bibs um, <laughs> it was some of those pictures you took they were great but they were 
stereotypical Sunday league. One team playing in bibs on an overgrown pitch that you could hardly stand up on. <laughs> <laughs> on a oh, pissing it down Sunday morning. Yeah, it was great. That is the beautiful game. All of this Lincoln City stuff and all that. Oh, sort it's of stuff. proper football. It's proper That's football. That's the beautiful game. It really is. Uh, right. So all that remains for me is just to say uh, that tonight's podcast and the podcast for many weeks to come, if I um, if I actually remember, uh, is to be renamed the Stacey West Carl Mercer podcast um, because Carl made a significant uh, contribution to to the site and the podcast recently, which just coincided with the um the thing the membership to podbean needing renewing which isn't cheap so um thank you very much to carl for that it was gratefully received and thank you to everybody that supports the stacy west um through the the, the podbean uh, it's, it's absolutely crucial in being able to have y scout so uh the the podbean were uh, the uh, not podbean patreon rather so the patreons um contributed to chris being able to watch uh, every single goal that Accrington had conceded on his way to, <laughs> yeah. to work yesterday. Oh, yeah, thanks yeah, for everybody. Exactly. So it is really appreciated. So, yeah, thank you to everybody. Right. All that remains to say is um, thank you, Chris, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me on again. Uh, and we will hear from Chris, no doubt, at some point in the future, um, very soon. Uh, and, yeah, enjoy Saturday. Up the imps. Up the imps. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.